title is Keep On Keeping On. We're looking at the whole subject of faithfulness. And uh, I'm going to read just a couple of verses, one from Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. going to read uh, uh, something that we've read regularly over the last few weeks. And then I'm going to read two, well, a part of a verse and a verse from 2 Timothy chapter 2. So here we we go. This is what it says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, peace forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. This is what Paul says to Timothy. Here is a trustworthy saying. If we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot disown himself. Faithfulness. What do you think of when you think of faithfulness. We tend to think of objects, don't we? I remember we, uh, we used to have a car which uh, the kids called Old Faithful. Uh, it was Old Faithful until it broke down just outside Stonely with all our gear in and the engine basically blew up and it cost about £700. Stop calling it Old Faithful after that. Uh, when I think of faithfulness, I tend to think of uh, my radio alarm. I've got a radio alarm, a uh, Uh, that wakes me up in the morning. I've had it for 30 years, Uh, so it's fairly old. And um, actually, uh, basically what it does, it doesn't tune into any channels. So when I wake up in the morning, when I wake up, it goes in the morning, it basically goes... (coughs) Which when you're fast asleep, it's sort of like a little scary. So you wake up with this... That's my faithful alarm clock. Actually, we tend not to think too much of faithfulness in terms of people because actually people let us down. But Jesus says one of the characteristics of his followers should be faithfulness. Paul, we've just read, refers to the evidence of God's Spirit in our lives being one of the evidences of being faithfulness. If we're going to live fruitful lives for God, God wants us to know what it is to be faithful. He wants us to exhibit faithful living. Faithfulness, this is a definition of faithfulness. Faithfulness means being trustworthy and dependable. Someone who is faithful is loyal and constant in what they do for the person or cause to which they're committed, whatever the personal cost, whatever the cost. And sadly, we live today in a world where faithfulness is in danger of becoming meaningless. Personal feelings and our own needs seem to be far more important than anyone or anything else. And as a result, commitment to other people can dissipate like the morning mist on a summer's day. Just dissipate. Faithfulness can disappear as we uh, break promises that were too easily made. Easy to break, hard to keep. God is not like us. And this morning that we're going to see that faithfulness is important to God. Faithfulness is a precious thing when you see it. When I think of faithfulness in terms of people, I think of, I actually think of my mum. I think of my mother. And um, 
Uh, I, I, my mum, when she was growing up, uh, she didn't have a, a great education. But she was, I tell you, she, was, she had a beautiful spirit about her. Whenever I think about her, I thank God for her. I remember she used to, she brought me up. She took me to church. She taught me about Jesus. Faithfully taught me about Jesus. When I wandered away and I went my own way and, and was making a mess of my life. When I was coming in in the early hours of the morning in a right state, my mum was faithful. She just kept loving me. She kept just praying for me. She, just kept, she was just there for me. I don't ever remember her saying to me, what are you doing with your life? She just loved me. Kept on loving me. I remember when she, was, uh, uh, she had cancer. And um, she had cancer, uh, it gone to secondary cancer, gone to the bowel. And uh, she was, uh, when she was... Uh, she was throwing up fecal vomit. So it's basically, it can't go that way. It has to come out through, through the mouth. And she's throwing up all over the floor and she's cleaning up. And oh, my stepfather said she could, all he could hear was her singing and worshipping God. In the midst of the most miserable moments, she was faithful. I was there close to the end when she passed into glory. She was faithful to the end. I thank God for my, my mother. Faithfulness is a precious thing. This morning we're going to look at what faithfulness looks like in the Bible. The first thing we're going to see faithfulness revealed. The Bible reveals faithfulness because God is faithful. You know, we're faithful towards someone we love or something that's important to us, but God is first and, more, first and foremost faithful to himself. Paul puts it like this. He will remain faithful for he cannot disown himself. God cannot be anything other than faithful. If we can grasp, if he can just grasp the wonder of that, the amazing wonder that God is faithful, it will change everything for you. Whatever our circumstances, even in the midst of suffering, even when everything is going wrong, we can, like Jeremiah, know God's great love for us, God's great faithful love for us, his unfailing compassion for us, and it can cause us to cry out in the midst of all that, great is your faithfulness. The psalmist reminds us that he, God, is faithful to all his promises. We make promises which we easily break. God never breaks his word. He is not like us. If he says something, then it's true. He always keeps his word. He doesn't change. Nothing has, nothing can, nothing will ever stop him being faithful. He is faithful in all that he does. And the amazing thing is, is that Jesus came to earth to show us what his father was like. So we talk like that about God, but it seems a little distant from us. We struggle to understand what faithfulness really looks like. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He's the most perfect photograph of God that's ever been taken. And so when we read the New Testament and we read the Gospels and we read about Jesus, we see the faithfulness of God. Jesus 
was faithful. He came to show us the Father. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, he said. He completed God's will at great personal cost. He went to the cross for us. He died in our place. The Bible says that he was a faithful son. God sent him, sent his son, and he was faithful to his father. He went to the cross for us, bore our punishment, the punishment for our wrongdoing, our rebellion, our living without reference to God. He faithfully took the punishment of God, his father, for our wrongdoing, and he did it because he loved his father and he loved us. How amazing is that? Jesus only ever did what he saw his father doing. He only ever said what God was saying. He was humble and obedient, and even obedient to death on a cross, we're told. Through Jesus, we encounter the faithfulness of God. You see, faithfulness is revealed to us, but there's also a reward to faithfulness. There's a reward to it. But there's only one way that we receive the reward of knowing God's faithfulness for us. We need to come to the cross. It's only at the cross that we can receive the faithfulness of God and know the love of God and know the kindness of God and know the goodness of God. We can only know that at the cross. It's as we come to the cross, we see what Christ did for us. This was God's plan to draw us to himself. There at the cross, God punished his faithful son for our faithlessness. The great exchange took place. Our sin for his righteousness. Our faithlessness for his faithfulness. His faithfulness covers our faithlessness. Amazing at the cross. The Bible says that if we put our trust in Jesus Christ, we are now in Christ. In Christ. We are hidden in him. When God looks at us, he sees Christ. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you can do it today. Put your trust in him. The wind and waves still know his name. For he is the king of kings and the lord of lords. He's the ruler of heaven's armies. He's the son of God given for us. That we might know a father in heaven who loves us. We can be faithful because he is faithful to us. Without God... And without God's help, it would be impossible. We could not live like that. God has freely given us his spirit that we can live in a new way. He's given us a new heart. He's made it possible that we can be faithful people. In a world that is faithless, in a world where promises are easily made and easily broken, God wants us to be a different people. He wants us to live fruitful lives that show his great faithfulness to the world around We are called to be a people set apart, distinct, different. To love God with all our hearts. To love those around us as we love ourselves. To share the good news about Jesus. To be part of his church. That's what God has called us to be. 
Jesus has gone back to heaven, but one day he will return. And he said this, he said, when I come back, will I find faith? Will I find faithfulness? Will I find people who are faithful to God when I return? What will he find when he comes back? Will he find his people immersed in the world, so immersed in the world, living our lives as if God is just an add-on, like another app to be added to our mobile phone? Will he come back and find people for whom? His people who church is just a distraction, something for a Sunday morning. Jesus is looking for faithfulness. And God promises a reward for faithfulness. In the Proverbs it says, A faithful man will be richly blessed. God richly blesses faithfulness. If we're faithful with little, God promises to give us much. He wants to see if we're faithful with what he gives us. So what does faithfulness look like in our lives? We're going to spend some time the rest of this morning looking at what, how we recognize faithfulness. You see, Jesus tells a parable in Matthew 25 about faithfulness. He describes God's kingdom. He describes it like a man going on a long journey. And whilst he's away, he entrusts his servants with his estate. He gives them talents. He gives them weights to trade in his absence. And the first servant he gives five talents to, the second he gives two to, and the third he gives one. And he expects them to be faithful with what they've been given whilst he's away. And he returns, the man returns to find the first two have doubled what he entrusted to them. The third simply buried it in the ground and did nothing with what he'd been given. The man commends the first two and says, Well done, you good and faithful servants. And the third is punished. Clearly, Jesus is looking for faithfulness. But, do you know, faithfulness is, is not easy. To see. Sometimes people can give the appearance of being faithful, but actually can be doing something different behind closed doors. As I was thinking about this, I was, I don't know if you've um, watched, you watch MasterChef, I don't watch it very often, but they do something called the taste test, and they give them a meal, and they've got to reproduce it, and they, they, they will taste the meal, and they'll go, oh, and they have to write down what's in it, the ingredients. Now, sometimes, some of the ingredients are really obvious, you know, you find there's a bit of pasta, oh, it's pasta, yeah, I can see the pasta, pasta, spaghetti, oh, spaghetti, so you can see it. It's obvious what it is. You can tell it by its shape. Other things you can tell by the taste. Oh, oh, wow, chili, chili powder or cayenne pepper or something like that. Sometimes you can tell by the color. it's, it's, It's sort of like yellow, so maybe that's saffron, something like that. You impressed? Impressed that I knew that? It's good. I had to look that up before I got up here this morning, to be honest, but... But there are some things, some ingredients that actually, they can't be seen, they can't be tasted, but they're holding the whole thing together. And it takes an educated palate to be able to know what that is. That's why the first time I made cheese sauce, 
It's obvious, isn't it? Cheese, milk. Boil the milk, chuck the cheese in. Now, for those of you who don't know why that's a disaster, you need some help. Because there's something hidden that I had no idea. I had no idea. Oh, cornflour. Why would I put, why would I put that in? Why would I put a bit of, what's that all about? Oh, well, that's because it thickens it. And there you go, you're learning something, okay? From a master chef. But you see, the point is this. There are some things that are hidden. And I think, I think when we look at the fruit of fruitfulness in people's lives, there are some things like love and joy. It's, it's easier to see those things. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Patient, it's a little easier to see that. Faithfulness, I think, is one of those things that is, holds everything together, but it's often quite difficult to spot. And so this morning, I want us to spend a, a little bit of time just looking through the Bible. We're going to find out what faithfulness, how we can spot faithfulness. I think it's going to encourage us. I think it's going to challenge us. You see, God wants us to be faithful. And the first thing I want you to see is this, this faithfulness to Jesus. In Revelation chapter 14, it says this, This calls for faithful endurance on the part of the saints, that's us, the holy ones, those who've given their lives to Christ, who obey God's commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. That's core to everything. Faithfulness to Jesus. When the Bible looks for faithfulness, it's looking for faithfulness to Jesus. How do we do it? Well, we, the Hebrews tells us we fix our eyes on him. It's the only way to live for God in this world. Hebrews puts it, if we're going to run the race uh, that's marked out for us, with endurance the race marked out for us, we're going to need to fix our eyes on Jesus. He needs to be the center of our gaze. He needs to be the center of our attention. When we wake up in the morning, he is the first one that we go to. He's the first one that we look to. We look to him. So when we are living our lives, when we're about our daily business... Actually, they used to be, uh, they're probably still around. They, people used to get these little plastic bracelets and had WWJD. What would Jesus do on them? There's a little reminder that wherever they were, whatever their circumstances, what would Jesus do in that situation? That's how we fix our eyes on him. We start to ask ourselves questions. Would Jesus say that? Before we speak, would Jesus say that? Would Jesus do that? Would Jesus watch that on the internet? What would Jesus do? Jesus needs to be central to our lives. Faithfulness is faithfulness to him. Paul says this to Timothy. Timothy is a leader, probably a leader of the church in Ephesus at the time. It's a big church. Timothy's a younger man, and Paul is speaking to him as an older man in the faith. And he says this to him. He says the most extraordinary thing. He says, remember Jesus Christ. What? Remember Jesus Christ? I tell you, we, the point is this. We can live our lives in this busy world, be so focused on so many things, that we don't remember Jesus. He isn't center of our lives. He isn't center of our gaze. He isn't center of our thinking. He's like an add-on. He's like an app on the phone. 
remember Jesus Christ. We want to stand in that day before him. When this life ends and we stand before him, we want him to say, well done, you good and faithful servant. We don't want him to be saying, I never knew you. Faithfulness to Jesus. Very quickly, the second thing is this, faithfulness in relationships. In 1 Timothy, it talks about about husbands being faithful to their wives. Actually, it's talking about elders. But actually, it's something that runs through the Bible. Husbands, faithful to wives. Wives, faithful to husbands. Friends being faithful to each other. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. We're to be those who are faithful to people. If we're, going to be, if we're faithful to Jesus, we will be faithful to others around us. We will be good friends. We will be the best friends. We will be the best in relationships because we'll be faithful people. We'll be putting others' needs before our own. We'll be loyal and constant whatever to that person, whatever the personal cost. That's what faithfulness looks like. Faithfulness isn't optional. It isn't optional. We must never forget God's faithfulness to us when we didn't deserve it. God was so faithful to me. I didn't deserve it. I was doing nothing, doing nothing to attract his attention or favor. But he never stopped being faithful to me. That's the sort of people we are supposed to be. God wants us to be faithful in our relationships. You see, people will let us down, disappoint us, say unkind things about us. God expects us to be faithful. I want you to go back to that third guy in the, the parable Jesus told in Matthew 25. And, and the, the, the master says, why, why didn't you do anything? And the guy says, I knew you were a hard man. I knew that you would expect something and where you hadn't sown. I know what you're like. Do you know what? He didn't know the master at all. Worked for him all those years and didn't know him. There is a danger that we... We can live like that, where we don't really know Jesus. Do you know what he's like? Do you know how gentle and kind and loving and merciful he is? Do you know what a wonderful father you have in heaven? Or are you doing things just because he's a hard taskmaster and you're fearful of him? The only fear we know of God is a, is a holy fear because he's so great. We don't fear him, we don't fear that he won't love us. God is a good God. God wants you to know him. Do you know him? And if you do, it will affect the way you relate to other people because suddenly we start to treat other people like that. We don't impute motive. We don't say, well, I know what they're like. I know what they're doing really there. You don't. None of us know what's going on in a heart. And so in those moments, we show faithfulness in relationship. We show the love of God. And we can only do it by the Holy Spirit helping us. Faithfulness in relationships. Faithfulness with truth. 
3 John that says this, It gave me great joy to have some brothers come and tell about your faithfulness to the truth and how you continue to walk in the truth. We need to be faithful to what God says. Today we face such pressure to reinterpret the Bible, uh, what it says in the light of today's culture, this enlightened 21st century culture. We live in a world that believes the Bible is out of sync with what culture is saying. But we need to be a people who are faithful to the truth, faithful to God's word. And so we mustn't be those who hold back from speaking the truth for fear of hurting people. Jesus loved people so much, he would never hold back from telling them what they needed to hear. That's how much he loved them. We need to be those who speak the truth, but we speak the truth in love. We're not whacking people over the head, but we do speak the truth, and we need to be faithful with the truth. We don't look to stir up arguments. We're not looking to be right, because we want to live at, at peace with everyone, but we do want to be those who are faithful with the truth. We need to be those who are faithful in grace. It says this in 1 Peter. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. You see, faithfulness is shown how we treat people, how we relate to them. You see, we receive grace from God when we didn't deserve it, we didn't earn it, we did nothing for it. That is how we are to be with others. If God has given you a gift, if he's given you the gift to be an encourager or to show hospitality or to pray for people, he's given you a gift that you just love praying with people and ministering to people. God expects you to, wants you to be faithful to that, but to do it in grace. It's not on the basis of what you're going to get back. It's not on the basis of whether people say thank you. It's not on the basis of what people are going to do for us. It's on the basis of grace. We do it because he was gracious to us. We're faithful in grace. We never do what we do because others deserve it or to get something back in return or to be recognized. Faithful in prayer. This is what Paul tells the Romans. Be faithful in prayer. Jesus tells a parable in uh, Luke. It tells them a parable to encourage his disciples that, to teach them that they should always pray and never give up. One of the clearest evidences of faithfulness is in the fact that we pray. Do you know, one of the most challenging things is, is situation when something's kicking off and there's a difficult circumstance. I find moments, okay, I find moments where I go, oh, I should have prayed. I, it should be the first thing I do. Sometimes it isn't. Why is that? God wants us to be faithful in prayer. I don't beat myself up about it. But it's such an easy trap, isn't it? We, we need to, we pray because we believe God answers prayer. If he is the God who rules the cosmos, if he is the God who can speak to wind and waves, he can speak to our circumstances and calm them in a moment, we should be coming to him in prayer every day. God, break in. Come and be with us today. Be with me today. He says in his word, I will never leave you or forsake you. Is that true? 
Well, God, be with me today. Be my helper today. God, your helper. In the circumstance, when you go to work, God, your helper. That's what it says. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, God is my helper. God, the God of heaven, your helper. When you go to work, you've got God with you. Well, that changes everything. When you're in a difficult meeting, you've got God by your side. God's with you. God's spirit dwells within you. Boy, that changes everything. And so our praying becomes much more faith-filled because we know he is faithful to his word. Faithful in prayer. Faithful with our words. Jesus says, simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. God expects us to keep our word. If we say something, we ought to do it. It's an expression of faithfulness. And the thing is, there are so many times I say I'm going to do something and I don't do it. I mean, Annie could give you a long, long list of things I've said I was going to do and I haven't done it. That little bit of DIY said, oh, yeah, 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 I'll do that. Do that. And it's still there, undone. Probably, she's probably relieved, actually, that I haven't done it because probably it will cause more trouble if I did do it. But, you know, we need to be people who keep our word. And if we don't do something, let's not compound it by pretending we never said it. Let's be honest and say, I'm really sorry. I I said I would do that and I didn't do it. Please forgive me. Let's be slow to speak, quick to listen. Let's be slow to make promises. Let's think through whether we can actually deliver what we're going to say we're going to do. Say we're going to do. You see, every wedding in the church, and I've done many weddings over the years... There are great and precious promises that are made before God. This world offers little encouragement to people to honor their promises. God is faithful to all his promises. And he wants us to do the same. Faithful with words. He wants us to be faithful witnesses. Faithful witnesses to him. He expects us to be distinctive, to be salty. He wants us to stand out in the world around us. Not to be as the same as other people. We're to be different. We're to be like him to people around us. It means more than turning up in church on a Sunday morning. Jesus wants us to shine like stars in a crooked and depraved generation. That's what Paul tells the Philippians. As we hold out the word of life faithful witnesses wants us to be faithful with wealth this is what it says in Luke 16 in the ESV if then you've not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth who will entrust you with the true riches here's the rub everything that we have comes from God nothing that we have is is from our own ingenuity in Ecclesiastes it says it's God gives us the ability to earn wealth So everything we have, whether we are home, our possessions, our wealth, whatever we have is given to us by God. We are merely stewards of what he's given to us. And if we're a follower of Jesus, it's it's not ours. We realize that it is not ours anymore. We are just looking after it for him. It all belongs to him. And so we should be generous because we have a generous father in heaven. I want to ask you, are you faithful in how you handle worldly wealth? 
Is our giving regular, generous, joyful, in keeping with what God has given us? And if, we're, if that's the case, then we're acknowledging that God who provides for us. Faithfulness in giving. You see, in the New Testament, the name Demas stands out as a warning to us. He was part of the early church. He was part of Paul's team that used to travel and input into other churches. And at the end of Paul's life, in his last letter to Timothy, probably the last letter he wrote before he was executed, Paul just simply says of Demas that he had abandoned them because he loved this world. I tell you, there's a world out there that's calling to us, like the sirens in Greek mythology, calling us to shipwreck our lives. We're to be those who who are faithful with wealth. We're to be those who are faithful with obedience. In Proverbs, it says this, Like the cold of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him. He refreshes the soul of his masters. A faithful messenger to those who sent him. He refreshes the soul of his masters. Paul talks about looking for faithful men who will pass on faithfully to others the message that he's given them to disciple others. Phil, when he was preaching last week, talked about being people who do what the Bible says, not just being those who listen to it, but don't do what it says. Here we're told about someone who does what they've been asked to do. And I tell you, what we're told is that it blesses the person who sent them. I tell you, there is nothing better as a leader than to see people being obedient to God. I want to I say to you, you are such a great church. You are such a great church. So many faithful people. I thank God for you. Keep going. Keep on pressing on. Don't give up. A few weeks ago, I, I, I talked about us starting a site in North Winchester. Thank you for the way that you've responded. Including those who've asked me healthy, challenging questions. Thank you. Thank you for being faithfully obedient to God. I've talked about the need to see our income as a church increase because of all that we're doing and all that God's doing amongst us. I know that you are a faithful church and will respond faithfully to God. I thank God for you. Faithful in obedience. Finally, faithful to the end. So what it says in Hebrews 6. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. Faithfulness is about pressing on and on and on until the end. It means never giving up on God and what God has said. We keep on going because he never gives up on us. He's never given up on you. Never given up on you. When you have been at your lowest, when you've been at your worst, when you have let him down, he has never given up on you and he never will. Because he is a faithful God. 
Do you feel like you're living in the midst of the storm we heard about earlier? Is that you? Do you feel that you're in a boat and Jesus is asleep? Why are you asleep, Jesus? Can't you see the mess? Can't you see the circumstances? Can't you see what's happening in my life? Can't you see what's going on? He's asleep. Do you know why Jesus is asleep? Because he's going to get to the other side. He's not bothered. He knows he's going to get to the other side. He's a faithful son. He knows that his father's in control. He wants us to be faithful to the end. When you hear this, it's a daunting list, isn't it? We can go, it would be easy to go, oh, what's the point? I'm rubbish. I'm hopeless. Half those things Steve talked about, I'm not doing very well. Three out of ten, please see me later. How many of those? Are, it's like a school report, isn't it? You're like, internally, you go, ten things. Oh, 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 I thought I'd do a bit of, I wish it was multiple choice, because at least I could guess. And at the end, you get this, see me later. Oh, no, not another report like that. Maybe you didn't have reports like that. Maybe you all had ten out of ten. Maybe it was just me. Could try harder. Maybe you feel like that this morning. Maybe you feel like it's a bit, it feels like a school report moment. Could try harder. You see, there are all times when we've let Jesus down. We've let people close to us down. All of us have find praying and being kind and gracious to others when they're unresponsive difficult, and sometimes we've not done very well at it. We've all said things that we shouldn't have said and done things that we shouldn't have done. There are moments where we feel like we've all been poor witnesses. There are times we all feel faithless and not faithful. Be encouraged. He knows. He knows. Listen to Paul again. Here is a trustworthy saying. Here is a trustworthy saying. This, what Paul is writing here, it was probably a a first century hymn that they used to sing. It was something that they would sing. Here is a trustworthy saying. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. And if you are a follower of Christ, you are in Christ and he cannot disown you. He will not disown you because he is faithful. See, the answer to our faithlessness is Christ's faithfulness at the cross. Faithfulness for a time may seem unfruitful, but ultimately faithfulness to him reaps a reward, reaps a harvest. God is looking for faithfulness, not success. Mother Teresa said this. She was asked how she coped with the pressure of caring for so many poor, needy, dying people. And she said this. We're not called to be successful. We are called to be faithful. The band are going to come up and we're going to respond to God. And just as... Paul says to Timothy, here is a trustworthy saying, and 
You can imagine in Timothy's head, he could say, oh, I know the tune to that. It would have stirred something in the spirit because they would have sung this as they gathered together. When we are faithless, he is faithful because he can't disown himself. It would have stirred something in his spirit. And there's something about when we sing words. Somehow they get into our spirit. Somehow they, it does us good. There's something about singing. In hundreds of years ago, they used to, they used to write Bible theology to popular tunes because people knew the tunes and it was a way that people remembered the truth. God wants us to be a faithful people. And this morning we're going to stand together and we're going to worship him. You may not have done very well. You may feel that you failed him. But he has never failed you and he never will fail you. And so this morning we're going to come to one who is faithful. And because he's faithful, we know that there is hope for us. We know that actually by his spirit, he can help us be a different people tomorrow morning. Faithful in our relationships, faithful in our words, faithful in grace, faithful in our promises. Faithful in prayer. Faithfully doing what he's called us to do. That's good news. Come on, let's stand together.